Hello, everyone. This is the Lonely Guy, Steve Center, from the center of the known universe, Indianapolis, Indiana. You're listening to Losing Weight with the Lonely Guy. Steve, that's me, has struggled with obesity for more than 20 years and has finally decided to address it. I will share the ups and downs of my journey as I address the results from the scale in my bathroom. I'll share what works, what hasn't worked, and what my setbacks are each week. All right, so this is episode four of Losing Weight with the Lonely Guy. Well, first, I guess, let's do the vitals. I weighed in at 367, so that's a second week in a row. That's down one pound since I started the podcast. A little bit of seasonal affective issues. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that part of it. The truth is, if you're in the Midwest, if you're in the North, if you're in the East, it's not uncommon during the winter to just not feel like getting out. It doesn't have to be the end of the world. And if you are cautious and careful about the things you're eating, then as we get into March, April, and May, and we start to get out and we start to do more, we're fine. I did have one day in particular that I just wanted to lay in bed all day. And for people who haven't ever experienced seasonal affective disorder, it's not like, at least in my experience, I've had both. It's not really like typical depression. Where With typical depression, you, you never feel like getting up. You think to yourself, I'm going to feel this way forever. But with seasonal affective, you literally are just like, oh, when this stupid weather breaks, then I can be happy again. So it's a weird kind of state to be in because at least for myself, I'm pretty aware when I'm there. But I actually had something happen this week that was probably something that I I need to address. I would be willing to bet pretty strongly that others have dealt with. I was with somebody who got frustrated, not, I guess, somewhat at me, but really more about the situation that they were in. And I was there. You know, there was this person I weren't having an argument. They were dealing with something that they thought was pretty unfair. This was a, this was a young teenager. And because I was the grown up in the room, they felt like they could say whatever they wanted to. And so this person proceeded to tell me I was fat 400 times and tell me, you know, calling me fat ass and, you know, saying that they couldn't believe that I got a woman to marry me. And, you know, these kind of things. Now I'm going to tell you that at the time it did not bother me. I have worked as a mental health therapist for well over 20 years. And I have been told by, I mean, I say a lot, not a high percentage of people. Most of the people I work with, I mean, well above 90% really like me and we get along very well. And even in situations like this, this person likes me, but you know, they come in with a lot of dysfunction and a lot of the impact of trauma. So when things go wrong, I'm a very safe person to be verbally abusive to. While they were being verbally abusive, it did not bother me. When I got home and as the evening went on, it wasn't even so much that I thought about what they said, that I thought about what they said, felt bad about myself, as much as it just felt like another example of people feeling like I needed to know that I was fat and my being fat was a chance for them to say something very cruel that they would then feel like didn't apply to them. Like, like I'm fat. They're not fat. <laughs> so they're, they're definitely, they, I mean, they definitely are above me. Now, kids with teenagers, uh, they say mean things. And uh, most of the time it doesn't bother me. I did have one girl once she was doing cartwheels and somersaults and flips and she was maybe five and 
I said, oh, my, should I try to do that? And I said, I think I'm too old. And she goes, you're too fat, Mr. Steve. And uh, which is might be true. <laughs> but I didn't it did not feel like she was trying to be mean. She was a very sweet little girl. And we had always gotten along very well. You know, take that for what it's worth. It didn't feel like somebody trying to be mean. In this case, this really was somebody trying to be very cruel. Now, I will say that if this person wasn't a client, I would never spend time with someone who talked to me that way. If I was dating someone, if I was friends with someone, you know, whatever, and they said something like that to me, I would just realize that that probably isn't meant to, to work. So that would be my first thing. If you've got somebody who says those kind of things, get away from that. I have to do something different because I'm working with this person. One of the things I do is kind of an emotional disconnect. When clients say something cruel, and again, teenagers and young people aren't always shy to say those kind of things anyway. When they say something cruel, I have to emotionally divorce myself from engaging with them and I become very passive they can say whatever they want and when I actually reach that point it's effective because I'm not even with them emotionally I mean I'm in the room with them and the truth is I'm good enough at what I do that I can do therapy with someone even just being kind of half interested in what they're saying I don't like that because it's not as much fun it's not as enjoyable it's not the therapy's fun when you know they're engaged and you're engaged and you're kind of uh, emotionally wrestling against each other to, to try to make things fit and help them reach understanding. And you're, you're trying to understand exactly what they're saying like that, that juxtaposition, that putting the two of you kind of against each other, but trying to work together is pleasurable. If that's not a possibility, I'm perfectly capable of being passive. And that's what I will have to do over the next little while with this person. Because the truth is, nobody who's really big wants to be big. This is not a mystery. There is not some conspiracy. You know, when people talk about healthy at any weight and beautiful at any weight, I mean, that's fine. And I think that, you know, I'd like to see people saying that, like to reassure themselves now as they're moving forward. I would think of it more like something like you're, you're healthy and beautiful as you need to be right now and... We need to get better. So it's kind of, you're good enough the way you are, and let's take that next step. I'm just going to say that there are so many liberties that people who are slender feel like they can take when they're talking to somebody who's overweight. And we really do not have to let them engage with us in that way. I mean, depending on where you are is how you have to cope with it. Again, with this particular person, I... I'm required because of my job to continue to work with them. But I, I am very, you know, I've talked to my wife about how upsetting it was and that people have feel like they have permission to say, you know, really nasty things. One of the points that I really want to emphasize though, is we talked about that and I, and it was an unpleasant experience and I wasn't even excited about remembering it, but I continue to move forward and to try to work on my good food substitutions and I've had some success this week. In the past, that kind of mean thing, I might have responded by sitting down and eating a couple whole pizzas or 16 pints of ice cream or whatever. I allowed myself to experience it. 
especially as I got home and I got around my wife is a very safe person for me to be around. You know, and I was able to acknowledge how upsetting that was. And so within a day or two, I really felt like it did not impact me anymore. I probably overate one meal kind of connected to that. because It was a really painful experience. And I, that's still how I cope with painful feelings. That's one of my primary coping skills, which is something I go through. I don't really, I don't really think I've actually even begun to address that, but I'm going to address that for right now for today. As I kind of get through the, you know, there's one month left in the winter, at least, at least where we live, March has up and down days, but where you're kind of stuck inside and things are bleak, you know, typically by the beginning of March, things are better. A little bit of a month, maybe a little bit more than a month left of that kind of weather and kind of paying attention to what I'm eating, trying to make even just small improvements through food substitutions has been a really good start. Now, I'm going to take a moment. I have another podcast that I do called Theories of Adulting, and the episode that's going to get uh, dropped in the next day or two is about how we make choices about change and whether or not we're ready to actually change. That subject is, is something that if we're trying to lose weight, really positive to understand and critical to understand. So I might encourage you to go over and listen to an, an episode of that and try to get an idea of these stages of change that we're in and how they work. But for today, for right now, I feel like I, man, I'll tell you what, <laughs> if I go back to Thanksgiving day, Thanksgiving day was a pretty good day. It was a pretty good day. And my sister died the next day. And since then, it just feels like it's been much more emotionally up and down. But I have worked through a lot of unpleasant feelings. I just worked through a lot. And as far as my weight goes, I have never done this good a job at managing through terrible crises. I'm really pleased and I'm looking forward to things calming down a little bit. Thank you for spending time with The Lonely Guy. In addition to Lonely Guy with a Book, Steve has podcasts Losing Weight with The Lonely Guy, Theories of Adulting, From the Beginning, a Doctor Who Review, and a complete review of the Arrowverse universe with his beautiful wife, The Lonely Gal. If you want to read Steve's column, you can find that on medium.com with the username at MYLDSBooks. If you'd like to reach Steve, you can reach him at MYLDSBOOKS, that is MYLDSBooks at gmail.com. Until next time, signing off.